So I'm back uh, sharing the word with you and I trust that you will receive uh, from what the Lord has to speak to you about today. We are living in a time and in a season where it is important to understand the, the signs of the times and to know what is God calling us um, uh, to do as Christians and how to behave and what, what is expecting of us. Amen. And uh, what I'm going to talk to you about today is not new. It is something that I've been preaching uh, throughout my ministry. But you know what? Uh, 20 or 30 years in the sight of God is, is very little. He prepares his people and he gets the message through. And, and so today I'm going to be uh, speaking to you uh, about uh, being empowered for the supernatural by the anointing. Be empowered for the supernatural by the anointing. You know, many people today, um, even in the church, uh, they want to know why, why put any emphasis on signs, wonders, and miracles? Why, why do we need to preach this? Why do we need to talk about this? Why do we need to see the miraculous work of God in and through our lives as Christians, as believers? Why do we need to desire the anointing of the Holy Spirit which results in signs, wonders, and miracles in our lives as believers? Why do we need these things? And the reason is very simple. This is what distinguishes us from the unbelieving world out there. This is what makes us different. This is what makes us stick out. If we are not open to flow in the supernatural, then there is very little that makes us different from the world. The world will not flow in the supernatural. Why? Because they do not know God. Our God is a supernatural God. They don't know God. They haven't been empowered by the Lord. So they are incapable of flowing in the supernatural. But you know what? The church has to be different. The church has to reflect their Father. Who is God? Let me ask you this question this morning. Well, I can tell you, he's a supernatural God. Look at what he created. They have now discovered that there are billions of galaxies just to begin with, with billions, hundreds of billions of stars in each one of them. God created the, the heavens and the earth, so it says in the book of Genesis. He created the angels and the archangels and, and the heavenly places and created the earth, of course, and he created us to be like him, to be like him. What does that mean? Well, it means to behave like him, to operate like him. And so if we cut out the supernatural, which is a major part of the way that God works, then how can we say we are like him? So the answer to these questions, why do we need to flow in the supernatural, is because it makes us different from the world. The world, 
which does not even believe that God exists and that he is a supernatural God has no desire for the anointing. In fact, to be quite honest, if you speak to people out there who are not saved or not grown into a word-based church and you speak to them about the anointing, they won't know what you're talking about. They won't know. But the anointing or in other words, another way of putting it, the power of the Holy Spirit is what attests to the fact that God is present and real in each one of our lives. This is what attests to the fact that God is present, working, and real in our lives as believers. The river church of Jesus Christ forgets about operating in the anointing or hungering for the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives is the day when the church becomes spiritually dead. In other words, there is no result. There is no demonstration of the Zoe of God, life, which comes from the Lord. A church that is devoid of the anointing of the Holy Spirit is a spiritually dead church. He is the spirit of life. And he is the one who, who, who brings that life in us. He is the one who energizes us to do the works of Jesus. Do you know Jesus operated in the supernatural all the time? Read, read the Gospels. Read what he did, and then he imparted that to his disciples. Read the book of Acts, and you will see how much of the works of Jesus and after him, his disciples were based on the demonstration of signs, wonders, and miracles. That's a lot. So it is, it is a fact that a church that is devoid of the anointing of us. Holy Spirit is spiritually dead because the Holy Spirit is a spirit of life. He's the one who quickens, energizes the inner man, our spirit man, to flow and to desire and to release the presence and the power of God in and through our lives. So the church that is devoid of the anointing cannot bear fruit that pleases God. You know why? It's not reflecting who God is. I mean, it's so simple. For me, this is so obvious. I don't know about you. It's not reflecting who God is. Powerful, supernatural God. God of miracles. God of signs and wonders. So that kind of church who is devoid of the anointing cannot reveal or demonstrate the works of a supernatural God. That's why it's so important, people of God, to nurture your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Bible says, be filled with the Spirit. And you know what? That uh, translation of be filled is not really the way it's written in the Greek. In the Greek, it's in the, it's in the present continuous. That's 
really should have been translated be continuously filled or be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because if you're not filled with the Spirit continuously, you're not going to be in a position to receive that anointing all the time when you need it. You know that God will place you and I as a believer, as believers, in situations that you're not expecting. And he expects you to flow like Jesus would in those situations. Don't we say we're walking in the footsteps of Jesus? Well, if we're walking in the footsteps of Jesus, he said when he commissioned his disciples and sent them out, he said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Surely you have received what? Life from above. Surely you have received Freely you have received. Freely give. So he expects us to give what, you have, what we have received. What have we received? The power, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So we've got to be continuously replenishing that in our lives so that we're ready in and out of season. At a drop of a hat, at any moment, at any instant, God could put us in a situation where someone needs the supernatural touch of God. And it is you and I who can do that. That's why he empowers the church with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So the church that does not desire that cannot reveal or demonstrate the works of a supernatural God. In fact, to be quite honest with you, it's what I call a church filled with religion. It has a form of godliness. The Bible speaks about that. A form of godliness, but denies the power. There's no demonstration of God there. And who is whatsoever. So the anointing authenticates the presence of God in a believer's life. There's no anointing I start questioning what is there. Most of the time, if, if that person says, I'm a Christian, and they go to church, and they pray, and whatever, but they don't display the anointing, most of the time, they are in practicing religion and not authentic Christianity, the way Jesus saw it. Amen? Now, notice that I said the anointing is what authenticates the presence of God in a believer's life. Notice what I said. I said a believer's life, not just a pastor. Because many people in the church have a tendency to think it's the pastor who needs to flow in the anointing. But not us. We come and sit and listen and whatever, say it's a good sermon, but we don't flow. We don't desire. We don't pursue that aspect. It's for the pastor to do that. Well, that's a mistake to believe. And that comes from the enemy because he wants to minimize the impact the church can have out there. You see, the pastor is only one person. If there's a hundred people in the church, imagine if all a hundred flowed with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't the impact be a lot greater the pastor can't be everywhere at the same time. We're not omnipresent as pastors. 
but where I can't go, you can go. I can't be where you work, but you work there. You are there eight hours minimum per day. Do you know there are people in your workplace that need a miraculous touch of God and God will use you to do just that. I prayed with hundreds of people. Many years ago when I was working at Standard Bank and right there in the middle of that, of that work environment, God opened opportunities for me to minister to so many people. Through the years, I was there 14 years and so many Receive a touch of God. Amen. Listen to what it says in the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, now watch what it says next. A man attested by God, in other words, authenticated by God, unto you, how? By miracles and wonders and signs, which God did through him in the midst of you, even as you yourselves also know. This, this, this scripture is so important for us to get. It was Peter, by the way. This is at Pentecost. And power of God come upon them. They again, signs, wonders, miracles began to manifest People could hear Peter preach in their own home language. And there were people there from different places of the world. That is miracle number one. Number two, the whole room where they were was shaken by mysterious wind, which was the Holy Spirit blowing. That was a miracle on its own. Then tongues of fire came upon each one of them. And they were all baptized with the Holy Spirit filled with the power and the anointing of God. Those are all miracles. And the church was birthed at that moment. The church, I want you to understand this, the church was birthed in the midst of miracles, signs and wonders. And so Peter stood out and he opened the doors. They were in the upper room and he preached to those who had gathered there and he said, Jesus of Nazareth, a man authenticated by God unto you by what? Miracles, signs, and wonders, which God did through him in the midst of you. Didn't Jesus say, then the same works that I've done, you will also do? Even greater works. What was he talking about? What works did Jesus do? He healed the sick. He cleaned the lepers, he raised the dead, he cast out devils. Freely you have received. Come on church, it's time. Freely give. We are heading to the end of, of an age and it is time for the church to be revived in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Without the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our lives, our Christian experience will become dull boring and nothing but dead religion. Religion is a practice of religious things, but devoid of power. That's religion. And there are many, many, many denominations. I went to somebody's uh, funeral, memorial service a couple of days ago, some time ago, 
I can assure you, I came out of that service. It was in a very a denominational type of environment. I also Lord, the question. I said to the Lord, I can't discern your presence there. Was your presence there? We know God is omnipresent, and I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about his powerful presence. I leave you to judge. I have my own opinion. We can't be practicing dead religion in this time and season where the world finds itself in. We can't do that. So without the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our lives, our Christian life becomes dead religion. This is why so many people are there today do not want God in their lives. Do you know that? You talk to them and say, no, I don't need God. I don't want God. No, your God is, it's useless. I don't need this dead religion stuff. They won't put it like this, but that's what's in their hearts. You see, because they experience with the people of God, those who call themselves Christians, has been dead religion. And they don't want that. To be quite honest with you, there was a time when I was much younger, in my early 20s, where I had enough of dead religion. I grew up in a major denomination, practicing dead religion. I never, in 21 years that I was in that denomination, I never seen one sick person healed during a church service. No one. No one. I didn't see a prophetic word being uttered during a service. Not once. Dead religion. And I, when I got to about 21, I said, I've had enough of this. I don't need it. I stopped going to church. Thank God he loved me too much to leave me there. And he brought me back a couple of years later. And began, I began a different journey of discovering a supernatural, powerful God of miracles, signs, and wonders. <coughs> The world wants to experience a God who is real and at work. They want to experience tangible results. They don't want you to come and tell them about God and then do nothing. They want you to pray for them. Do you pray for your colleagues at work? Do you know how many of them are not saved? Do you pray for their salvation? Do you pray for their healing, those who need healing, those who are angry? Do you pray that God works in their hearts? You know, let me tell you, I prayed, and um, Pastor Lindsay and I prayed for my brother-in-law for 20 years, 25 years. And sometimes during that time, we lost a bit of interest because it's such a long time. We didn't see results. And so, you know, you pull back and then God reminded us, pray for him. And we kept praying. And 25 years later, by himself in a hospital bed, no one around him, he received Jesus Christ. Has his Lord and Savior. You see, signs, wonders, and miracles are not just like you lay hands on somebody and they get healed. Now that's great, of course. But just to pray for a lost soul until that person opens their heart to Jesus and receives the Lord, that is a miracle. That is flowing in the signs, wonders of God. Amen. 
So the world out there don't want religion. They, they, they see there's no point. Why should they go to church and warm a pew for an hour, uh, hour and a half or whatever, and then go home? What for? They'd rather go and to the beach or whatever, you know, go gallivanting on a Sunday, go to the restaurant, take their family out and have fun and relax. But when they begin to see the signs and the wonders, you see, this is what attracted the crowds to Jesus. Wherever he was, they found him. Why? Because they knew that they could bring their sick to him and he would heal them. They knew that when he preached the word, he preached in power, not like their leaders, religious leaders were doing. No power whatsoever, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But Jesus was a different person. He turned water into wine. He multiplied bread and fish right in front of their eyes. He walked on water in public. He raised dead people from the dead in public. The world wants to experience that level of Christianity through you and through me. They want to experience tangible reason, uh, results. That is one of the reasons why if you want to effectively witness to your unsafe family, your unsafe colleagues or friends, you need to grow and develop the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life. These people want to see there's something different about you. Something has changed. There's a power that you carry that we don't have. There's something in you that we don't have. They want to see what, that what you are trying to get them to believe is indeed real. Amen. You see, without the anointing, we will not live the kind of victorious lives that God has purposed for our lives. We will not have anything powerful to share with unbelievers around us. No anointing, no supernatural experiences, and no testimonies. You know, what testimonies do I have to share with the world? If I go to an unsaved person and I say to them, you need Jesus, they'll tell me why. I have to be able to say to them, this is why. This is what he did for me. This is what he did in my life. When I couldn't have children, he miraculously gave me two kids. And that's how it happened. Miraculously, you can see God at work. When I didn't have money, he provided supernaturally, unexpectedly. Somebody called me and said, I want to bless you. Here is some money. And then when you share those testimonies, you get the attention of the world. You won't get the attention by saying, please come to church, it's nice. No. But when you say, this is what God's done for me, and if you open your heart, it will do the same for you. You know, it's very important as believers to ask the Lord to bring people in our lives that have needs. <laughs> you know, when a person has a need and you come to them and say, listen, can I pray for you? 
And through your prayer, God meets that need in a miraculous way. You've got that person's attention. Now you can minister to them and bring them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to stop there today and I'm going to pick up on that message next week and we'll continue and finish it off. So please don't miss next week so that you get the fullness of what we're talking about. Amen. God bless you all and I'll see you next week again.